Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Amen. How beautiful that is, that message that Emmanuel, Christ, has come for us. May we know what that means and May we be ready to receive all that he wants to give to us. Hey, I want to also welcome you tonight. I'm John Adams, one of the pastors here. And on behalf of our staff and our elders, we just want to say thanks be to God for this season, for this Merry Christmas Eve, and that you would, and your life and your family, you would be changed by the power of Christ and his good news. And so tonight, uh, we're going to be looking at a really familiar story for just a few moments. And it's written by Dr. Luke, who was actually a medical doctor. And he wrote more facts than any of the four Gospels. And he wrote these facts to, to, he tells us in Luke chapter 1, why he wrote this way. He said, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account. For you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. You see, the Jewish people have been taught for years and years through the Old Testament that a Messiah would come. And here Luke clearly underlines by great, with great care and great details, the facts that Jesus is that Messiah and that the Jews and the Gentiles can trust that he indeed was the one who has come for them. God used Luke to write to give them, it says, a certainty that Jesus was that promised Messiah. And our God desires that you and I, that we believe his word And we know why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to be born a babe and then to grow up as a mighty universal king. So tonight we're going to look at this story together from Luke chapter 2. And uh, I remind you, as we do often hear, that this is God's holy word. Thanks be to our great God. And it came to pass... In those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Here we see that Luke gives us um, 
facts that we can see throughout these verses that Jesus was that Messiah who fulfilled all the promises of the Old Testament. Look again at verse number one. It says this, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The emperor who ruled that world, the Roman emperor Caesar Augustus, actually commanded that every person go to their hometown and be registered in a census. And isn't it amazing how God's perfect plan is at work? At just the right time, this pagan emperor makes this decree and for in just the right time, the Christ child comes to the city of Bethlehem. Verse three, it says, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city, all of Israel. Every person went to their own city of their heritage. And this is important because it brings Joseph and Mary and most importantly, the unborn Christ to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem wasn't just any town. Verse four tells us that Joseph, who was a humble carpenter, brought his wife and his unborn son to Bethlehem because it was his hometown of his descendants. And he was, verse five tells us, of the house and the lineage of David. Now that's not just any David. That is David, the greatest king in all of Israel. And this is David's hometown, Bethlehem, that here Joseph comes to and he brings Christ to it. And it fulfills perfectly Micah chapter 5, 2, that promised in the Old Testament the Messiah would come to Bethlehem. We see that where it says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, who is coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Now these are just some of the details Luke writes of this account of Jesus' birth. But notice here, it's almost like a side note that Luke says in verse 5, who was with child? This child, Jesus, he's the center of the story. We know it is his story. History is made here in this moment, but he comes to Bethlehem and he's virtually unnoticed by all those in Bethlehem. Are you noticing him? Is he changing you, your heart? Are you yielded to this great Messiah? Verse 7 goes on with more facts. Luke writes, and, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. I mean, what's wrong with this picture? Jesus is the son of God. He deserves the best of the best. I mean, the writs of Bethlehem. And what does he get? He's laid in a trough that was used for animals. So we know there were animals around him, whether it was a home or a stable, we're not quite sure. But we know it was a humble, just a, a place you would never expect for the sovereign God of the universe to be born. I love uh, 
Charles Spurgeon's, the great English preacher's comment on this verse. He, He writes this. He says, we might tremble to approach a throne, but we cannot fear to approach a manger. Jesus comes. He humbles himself so that we ourselves can approach this Lord. We don't have to be great or do great things. We don't have to be good enough. We have to simply come with a humility and a readiness to receive this Christ. This Christ who came and was placed in swaddling claws. These were, this was not a designer swaddle, by the way. He was outfitted in rags. This wasn't fit for the king of the universe, but he came. He came in this way. And so we see Luke closes this passage with an important phrase in verse 7. It says this, because there was no room for them. In the inn, this phrase, there is no room for them in the inn, was talking about the physical space, yes, in Bethlehem. There wasn't room, and he is placed in a a trough where animals were placed. But here it's also suggesting even a greater reality, a spiritual reality of that day. Not only was there not physical space, Jesus was not welcome into the the best of the best places, but he also was not welcomed in a spiritual way. The hearts of the Jewish people really didn't get it, that Jesus himself was the Messiah. You know, how could this happen? Well, we know a few things. We know like kings, like Herod, saw themselves as godlike figures. And they were always trying to protect their power. They they wouldn't like a Christ, a great Messiah King coming. And then we know the religious leaders of that day, they wanted control because they wanted to be known as the experts of the law. They wanted everyone to come to them for clarification and for leadership in their lives. And then the people of the day, the Jewish people, They thought of the Messiah coming as someone who would help them with their comfort or to fix their circumstances, to make life more easier for them. They actually thought that the, the Messiah would be a political figure who would overthrow the Roman government and then the Jewish nation would be then repossessed and preserved. But they were wrong. They were looking for a wrong kind of Messiah. John 1.11 says this, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. There was no room in the inn, and there was no room in the hearts of the people of that day. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? You know, They were looking for a Messiah that was coming to save them. And yet they didn't realize that they needed saving from themselves. It's exactly why Jesus came to free us from ourselves, to free us from the kingdom of me, 
of me being in charge or being in control or getting what I want or focused on me. Our need to be in control, our desire to have a Messiah who comes and saves us or gives us comfortable circumstances is what we really sort of want. And sometimes, just like the kings and priests and people, the Jewish people, we can be like them. We may not have room in our hearts for Jesus who came. You see, the Bible tells us that he came because we all fail. We all fall short. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And left to our own, every one of us will not have room for Jesus because we tend to lean into our own comfort, our own way, our own kind of circumstances being good. But yet, we don't realize that we all deserve death and are destined to eternal death if we're separated from God. But we know from the gospel of Christ, thanks be to him, that, that he sent his son and he came and because he didn't stay a baby, he grew up and died on a cross to take, as we sang earlier, the wrath that we deserved, the punishment that we deserved because of our sins. And because of that, we, we, we can know him. We can be his kids. We can be eternally growing in relationship with our great God. Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. But God. But God. Being rich in mercy. Because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. You see, Jesus came to this world and was born in Bethlehem so he could make us alive together with him. The Gospel of Luke teaches us that Jesus' birth, ministry, death, and resurrection is what we need, and we need his work and who he is. And he now lives, and someday soon, the Bible says, he will return again. We've seen it. We've talked about it as this mighty conquering king. And so, gang, we can sing tonight with our hearts and from our hearts, hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Let's not miss Jesus. Let's, not, let's make sure that we have room in our hearts for him. So tomorrow as you spend time with family and have conversations and sharing meals together and it's filled with joy and laughter and presence, lots of fun. Let us remember the king has come. Are we welcoming him to rule in our hearts? Does Jesus have room not only in our holidays and traditions, but in our hearts. You know, we can fill our hearts with so many things. You know, it's kids, family, sports, 
work, hobbies, whatever we're passionate about. You see, we make room for things in our lives that we really care about. But how do we love and care about Jesus and therefore make room for him? I just want to suggest just a couple things. First of all, if you are a Christ follower here in this Christmas Eve service, just realize this. Look, we all need to realize we all struggle with sin. Are you ready to repent of the things that are driving you to focus on you? Is it about you in this Christmas season or me? No, it's not. We know that from the Gospels. And yet it's so easy when we get with family or friends and we can get in this holiday season and we can forget to forgive the person that has hurt us or we can think thoughts of condemnation about another family member. Or we can just let people serve us all around us because we think we're the center of the universe. Are we, are we turning from that? Are we just saying, God, let me make room for you to control my heart. And you came humbly. Let me humble myself before you, before my family and friends. Also, just uh, as we... Uh, what. Are we listening to what the Holy Spirit would direct us to do uh, next during these, these few days ahead of us? And not just kind of going through the motions, you know, like we can normally do. Are we saying, God, I, I want to yield to you. I'm making room in my heart for you. But if you're here tonight or you're even online, you're listening to this message and you're not a Christ follower. Christ came. He died. And the good news message is the gospel is for you if you will humble yourself. And first of all, acknowledge this thing. Just a couple things. I have a need. I have sinned. I have failed to perfectly satisfy God and His perfect requirement. And God, I've, I've sinned, I've failed, I need you. I repent of my sin. But then secondly, that you would come and just humbly say, but Jesus, you came, you lived a perfect life, you died on the cross, you rose from the dead. You, you, ascended into heaven and poured out the Holy Spirit. And Lord, just by simple faith, I'm saying, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my God. Will you do that tonight? As we come, whether you're a Christ follower or not, will you come and make room for Jesus in your hearts? this Christmas Eve. I want to invite you, if you're not a Christ follower, we're just going to pray for a moment. And I just invite you to pray this humble prayer if, if God has been moving in your heart and you feel his nudges. Would you just pray this prayer together with me? Silently in your heart as I pray these words. Let's pray together. 
And let's, uh, let's pray together if you're a Christ follower that you would humble yourself before our mighty Lord who has come. Let's pray. Father, we just praise you that you came and you're coming again. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And now if you are not a Christ follower and you would like to welcome Christ into your life, would you just simply pray this prayer? Jesus, I humble myself in your sight. Due to my sin, I need a Savior. Jesus, by simple faith, I receive you as my Lord and my God. You are the Messiah Savior. Praise your name for coming for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.